is from Rebel News, and I'm going to... reason you're blocking me from using the sidewalk? Obstruction, they're working here. I'm not going to obstruct them. Obstruction, they're working here. I'm going to give everyone the link to this so you can... Sorry, I'm not going to run. <laughs> I'm going to worry about you. We're just going to stay out of the workspace. Do you mind if I ask you what he's being arrested for? Are you going to provide your identification? Pardon? Will you provide your ID? Will you provide uh, ID for to, you to ask answer the question? A question yeah. to the cops. Okay. Look at this uh, guy. Why is he being arrested? His warrants. Warrants out for his arrest. Multiple, so that's two aim, I believe. I don't know. Okay, do you know what the warrants are for? Wow. <laughs> Am I allowed to continue on the sidewalk? I, I don't. I'm typically more reflexively back the blue because they have a hard job and they deal with immense stress. But is it me or is he being an absolute a-hole? Like unnecessarily so. I didn't pause it here on purpose. Is she wearing a mask outside? I said the last time I, I went into Canada, it felt like I was returning to an insane asylum or it felt like I was checking back into prison that has been... Uh, taken over by the inmates. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't pause it here on purpose. But that that maybe, maybe she's COVID positive and doesn't want to infect anybody outside. I, I don't know. Look, as this lady is walking on the sidewalk, it doesn't look like yep, she's disrupting. Thank you very much. There, we're going to talk about this tonight, maybe a little bit, and if not tonight, definitely tomorrow. Rebel News doing the job. Journalists. I'm just going to go to that sidewalk to across the street. Is that okay? Thank you. And now we're approaching the original start time of tonight's stream. Look at this. Watch the end of this. They're arresting a pastor, by the way. This is a pastor who... Uh, can I just ask, if people want to help you, where do they go? They can go and contact Rebel. They're providing me with the lawyer. This is what happens when we go against the Drake. The pastor um, who was arrested for allegedly causing a disturbance at an event where I believe uh, it might have involved some inappropriate um, behavior of adults in front of children. Oh, boy. I started two minutes early tonight. I know it's not fair, but we only have one hour with Richard Surrett, and I want to make the most of it. So everyone should have gotten their notifications. Um, standard disclaimers before we get into this. I see Dostolovak Mankadi's in the house. Uh, Iran, COVID, blah, blah. Thank you very much for the support. We are live on Rumble, live on YouTube. We should be live also on Locals, where I figured out how to start right on time. Booyah, we're live on, on, on Locals. I started early. We only got an hour with Richard. What's going to happen if we don't end this on YouTube and go exclusive to Rumble? The after party will be exclusively on Locals. Um, standard disclaimers, no medical advice, no legal advice, no election fortification advice, yada, yada, yada. Now, a lot of you might not know who Richard Surrett is, but a lot of you probably do because I um, he often invites me on his radio show, which I love, by the way, because who doesn't love talking? But Richard is an amazing and fantastically interesting person. I discovered this because I, I stumbled across a podcast of, an of another dude who interviewed Richard. I was like, I I'm an idiot. Like, I I Richard has invited me on his show, Saga uh, Radio, multiple times. And it, I, like, it doesn't even occur to me I'm not, I don't mean to be selfish and I don't mean to be thoughtless. Sometimes I'm just an idiot. And so I invited Richard on. We're going to talk. Great backdrop. Roxday Murray. This is artwork from, uh, I'm going to plug it. I forgot to put the link in. Uh, Ziggy.com. Ziggy Shrugs. It's creationsbyziggy.com. My mistake. www.creationsbyziggy.com. She sent it to me. It's beautiful. Uh, and I just tweeted out, there are, you know, Thomas Sowell said, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. I am discovering there are no solutions, only new problems. Uh, I change the angle of the, of the office, lighting becomes a problem. I put the lighting up, reflections become a problem. I take care of the reflections, focus because it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm wasting time. Bringing in Richard right now. Richard Surrett, for those of you who don't know, radio host, has a number of shows on the radio, an amazingly interesting history, which we're going get, to get into. So the rest of the world shall discover him. And then we're going to talk about Conspiracy theories that actually came true in real time and the lamentable state of Canada. Richard, get ready. Three, two, one, and we're on. Sir, you know hey. what? I'm going to leave it wide. It's, it's better like this. How <laughs> goes the battle, Richard? It goes. It goes. I have to apologize in advance if my voice sounds a little like Tom Waits after, I don't know, three or four tumblers of Jack Daniels. I just finished two hours on the radio, but I'm ramped up and ready to go. And 
I feel like, uh, you know, I never went to my prom. I never got invited to a, a, a prom or I never invited anyone to a prom. I was talking about a prom today being canceled in Waterloo Region by the school board there. But now this all makes up for it because I'm on with Viva. Richard, first of all, your voice is one of your, I mean, it's probably the most iconic, distinctive characteristics for for talk radio because you have that quintessential radio voice, which we're going to get into in a bit. But a little history for those who don't know who you are. You, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, I knew nothing about your history, but you come from a family of radio, right? Uh, well, I'm the first in the family that um, gets paid, you know, to run his mouth. But I, I've been working in radio on both sides of the microphone my entire adult adult working life uh, in the early 90s. Started as a, a call screener. People don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> um, if you think of the, sh- the show Fraser, and people may not know what that is anymore, but uh, Roz, the character Roz was the call screener. And I, my, my first gig in talk radio was at CFRB in Toronto. 50,000 watt, below torch of a station. A legacy heritage station has been on the air since 1927. And um, I was screening calls for... Uh, people like Larry Solway, uh, who arguably maybe even started talk radio in Canada when he was working at Chum. One night just decided to open up. I think he had two phone lines. Um, and then from Larry Solway, I was working with Ed Needham, who was kind of a, a bloviator par excellence. He was, he was an American who worked for ABC News during the Vietnam War. He was a war correspondent. Uh, he wrote for Esquire magazine. He came up and was doing uh, evenings on CFRB. And by the time I hooked up with Ed, he was almost ready for retirement and they would fly him up. This 7 to 10 PM now is kind of a radio wasteland. Uh, but back then they paid him big money to do 7 to 10 PM. They flew him up from Florida. He would work Monday to Thursday and then, uh, fly back to Florida on Friday. And, but he hated flying because he was, he was in those gunships during Vietnam. So after a year, he hung them up, hung them up. But I got to work with Ed as his call screener and it was, um, it was just a masterclass. And I worked with, you know, Wally Crowder, who I believe is in the Guinness book of world records, longest serving morning man in radio history, 60 years on the air. I worked a little bit with Wally. Uh, what did your, what did your father do? Cause I thought, um, I thought there was something of a history, if not radio, of production. What, what, what did your parents do? Uh, my father uh, was a, a veteran of the Second World War. He was a tank gunner and uh, helped liberate Holland back in 45. He passed away in 1986. Um, and uh, my mother was kind of a stay-at-home mom, and then she would take odd jobs. And I'm the youngest of, of five kids, grew up in Brantford, Ontario. My mother, God lover, is still, she's approaching 98, still lives in her home that they bought in 1956. And uh, I really, I had an idyllic childhood. Uh, all of my friends lived on the, the same block. We played in the church hockey league together. We went to Sunday school together. Uh, we had a hundred acre park across the street. We were, you know, out the door right after breakfast. Don't come home till the street lights come on kind of thing. It was uh, wonderful. Youngest of five kids and your dad fought in World War, in World War II. Correct. Um, may I ask how old you are? I'll be, uh, well, I just turned 59. Um, not knowing like when the children were born, what's it, what's it like having a father who, who has, has seen the most atrocious things humanity has to offer raising kids afterwards? What's, what's that like? I guess, when were you born? Uh, not when you were born, how old was your father when you were born? Um, and what was, what was it like being raised by someone who, who survived that type of, uh, that type of experience? Oh, I was born in uh, 1964, January 12, 1964. My father was, let's see, one month shy of his 39th, 39th birthday, or 40. Maybe he was 40. He was born in 23. Don't make me do the math. No, no, that's cool. But <laughs> he was born in 23. So he was he was around 40, and um, um, and and managed a shoe store, and then later owned his own. Um, his own clothing store. Uh, it w- he shielded us from all that. We, I don't remember asking him a whole lot, and I regret that now. Uh, I had old, an older brother who asked him more, and I, now I sort of learned secondhand through him, you know, about what happened with my, with my father. Um, but he shielded us from it. If I did happen to ask him something, he just kind of brushed it off. Uh, I, my, my brother often tells this story because my dad was a tank gunner, and so, you know, they were blasting buildings and so forth. And my dad 
or my brother asked my dad, what did you do in the war? And he said, oh, I, I moved a few bricks. He was very kind of nonchalant about it. Um, but I think we now collectively wonder, looking back, uh, because there were some, you know, some difficult times, uh, whether maybe he, he suffered a little bit of PTSD. Uh, years later, uh, just fairly recently, I watched that movie, The Fury, with Brad Pitt about, you know, tank warfare. And um, I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's no. very intense, very graphic tank, uh, American tanks versus the, the panzers uh, in, in the Second World War. And, and uh, my father was claustrophobic. And I don't know if that was as, as a result of, of being in these tiny tanks or whether he, uh, he was before. I, I cannot I imagine what he went through, um, you know, during that time. But uh, growing up, as I say, he kind of shielded us from all that, didn't talk much about it. Uh, but we had kind of a very regimented lifestyle. I remember, you know, uh, when it was time for bed, he would kind of march us into the bathroom and we had our toothbrushes out on the bathroom vanity and they were all color coded. And, you know, you go in and then you go in and you've got, you've got 10 minutes to bath, you know, hit the showers. And my, uh, my eldest sister remembers him doing uh, sort of like army calisthenics with uh, some of the older kids down in the basement when they were very young. So, um, it, it was, it, but it was wonderful. He was, um, he loved uh, magic. He did, um, uh, you know, some magic tricks for us. You know, he was great at sleight of hand. And um, as I say, I couldn't have asked for a, a better childhood. I, I would imagine, Richard, he, he, any claustrophobia would have to be the result of, of that. Ex I mean, I, I, I sat in a, you know, just at a museum or wherever, you know, you step into a tank and, it, and it's interesting, but the idea of being actually trapped in what could be your 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 coffin in active battle i mean the noises the smells and everything i mean i can't possibly imagine it but you know they're, they they're not called the greatest generation for nothing it's uh, the hard time the, the hard men that built good times that have now built soft men that have built hard times okay so so uh youngest of five idyllic childhood you get into radio um how, you have a history of conspiracy theories, or at least discussing them. I, I was looking, at, you know, trying to dig up something, and you're, you're known for having had a channel, a, a, a station, a platform that listened to conspiracy theories. Right. Um, but going back, like, from what I understand, you have a great admiration for Art Bell. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I never knew of Art Bell. I never, I, I knew the, heard the name, but didn't understand his importance in the world of radio, in the world of conspiracy theories for those who don't know like me the newbies explain who art bell was and, and his influence on your career uh well art bell was the creator of a program now known as coast to coast am it's been around for over probably over 35 years it's now billed as the most listened to late night talk show uh, in north america if not the world uh, they have about 600 affiliates across the united states more than 600 affiliates and but he started uh, this little station I believe he started it out of Pahrumpf, Nevada, this little little town in Nevada where I've been. I didn't meet Art um, and coast to coast, and it, it it's the, about the land of Wu, if you will. Um, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of UFO talk and and uh, alien abductions and time travelers and Bigfoot sightings, and he would occasionally, um, you know, mix in a little bit of politics, um, and he just had this way about him, this presentation and voice that he was one of those people you could listen to read the you know the tele telephone directory and he would make it captivating um and so i was listening to him in the uh the mid to late 90s while i was working at cfrb in toronto producing talk radio and the, the radio that i was producing was very much kind of what i call workaday reality there would be a a provincial budget that was coming down and the hosts would have to cover that so i would be wrangling guests and lining up guests and doing research and so forth. And so then late at night to be listening to Art Bell on the radio, it was um, all of a sudden radio wasn't just a utility, you know, news, business, weather, information. It was a, an amusement ride. It was enchanting. Um, and I like, you know, mil tens of millions of listeners, you know, fell in love with, with Art Bell and his presentation. And then in um, 2009, I got a call uh, after I'd been 
on the air with my own show for about nine years, I got an opportunity to host or guest host Coast to Coast uh, AM. It was for the um, Art had retired by this time and the new host was George Nori. Um, and I got, uh, I got to co-host or guest host rather for George, who was taking a Friday night off. And, um, it, it turned, I thought it was going to be just kind of a one-off. Um, I thought I did, you know, fairly well. I didn't knock the, the ball out of the park, but I thought it was, you know, a serviceable program for my first time. And then I didn't hear from them again for about five years. And as of January of 2014, I've been a regular guest host on coast to coast, um, Typically, I'll do three, sometimes four shows uh, a month, and I do everything right for my home studio. So I'm, I'm doing coast, um, and I I try to continue to honor that, you know, Art's legacy. He passed away uh, several years ago, um, but it's a nice respite for me to you know to talk about Bigfoot and and uh, UFOs. Nobody gets hurt. It's a nice respite from what I'm doing now, Monday to Friday, from four to six p.m. on Saga 960, which is um, you know, it's, it's politics, it's the culture war, it's, uh, the battle of, of, of our generation, um, that I do, uh, because I, I, I feel, I feel the need to give something, you know, in this, in this war, all I have to offer as, uh, are, is my big mouth actually. But, um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing where once upon a time, even discussing certain you know, outlandish or less outlandish conspiracy theories was apolitical, but you know, I think we're in a world now where even discussing certain conspiracy theories, it's it's been tainted by politics. And I want to bring this one up. No, I'm not going to bring that one up. Um, so, okay. First of all, is, is getting the call for Coast to Coast like sort of getting a call to appear on 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 Fox News or Rogan? Is it like, the, is it the pinnacle of that, of that, um, of that niche or that milieu of radio? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a baseball nut. So I always use the analogy. It was like getting a call up to the Yankees after riding the buses. Now, having said that working at CFRB is not riding the buses. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a 50,000 watt station. It's Toronto is like the fifth largest radio market in North America. Uh, but uh, having listened to coast for, for many years and then, you know, being asked to sit in and, and guest host. Yeah, it was, it was, I was over the moon, over the moon. And now, so tell us what you're doing on the day-to-day, because we're going to get into like the, the current or the biggest issues that are affecting Canada um, and Canadians. Now, the Daily Show, Saga Talk Radio. First of all, t- uh, we talked a little bit before, so I now know the answer to this question, but uh, just let everybody know the success you've had with this ch- with, the, with the station and what it means, um, the watts. I'm not sure that everybody appreciates what the watts of the station are, but t- tell us what you've been able to do with, uh, with Saga Talk Radio. Well... Saga 960 AM on the AM dial. And um, I don't know how many people still listen to radio uh, through the radio. Only through cars, Richard. And the only place people listen to radio now is in their car. It's the biggest That's radio, right. mobile radio. There's no more Philco on the kitchen countertop on the, firm, uh, yeah, uh, that's gone. But uh, so it's, I call it the little station that could. And there's not, there's no other station like Saga 960 in Canada. Um it's a, it's a small family run station. It's less than a thousand Watts. So if you compare that to CFRB in Toronto or CJD uh, in, in Montreal or CKNW in Vancouver, they're all 50,000 watt stations. So they have very powerful transmitters. So powerful that at night, the CRTC regulation is that they have to power down so that CFRB 1010, that frequency won't collide with 1010 coming out of New York City. Wow. Uh, so, uh, Saga nine sixty less than a thousand watts. We can be heard in your car radio pretty well across the GTA if the wind is blowing right. Uh, great, greater Toronto area, not Grand Theft Auto for people who are not <laughs> from not from Ontario listening. Thank you for that. Uh, so, I uh, I've been on the station for two years. When I took over the four to six slot, the drive home slot, uh, they had about five thousand listeners per week from four to six, and I'm up around a hundred thousand now. So. Um, you know, you build it brick by brick, listener by listener, because, you know, again, small station, not a big budget for, you're not going to see my face plastered on a, on a, the side of a bus, um, or in a, you know, in a, in a subway car, it's, um, it's kind of like guerrilla warfare. We're just, and, and we have such an incredible management team at Saga 960 because the stuff that we talk about, I mean, I would never be allowed to talk about, um, 
90% of what I talk about at Bell or the or Rogers or any of the other, you know, radio groups in Canada. So they are a blessing. They stand behind us. And you know what? We're making some noise and people are starting to take notice. Yeah, that, that that's actually, that answers a question that I had had previously is, you know, you do talk about things in an open and unfiltered manner that would not fly on CJAD. Can you imagine CJAD? It's the most toxic content on earth that, that in, as far as I'm concerned, actually promotes hatred and actually promotes violence when they were writing off Maxime Bernier getting egged on the head and Elias Makos, who has uh, blocked me on Twitter a long time ago, you know, referred to the individual as a gentleman who smashed an egg on Maxime Bernier's head. Maxime Bernier, a political, federal political politician. They, that, that, that that rubbish gets uh, the biggest amplification of a bullhorn. It's like, it's like just infusing fecal matter into city water uh, type pollution. Um, so you do, you do Saga Talk Radio four to six every day and you talk about everything. And you know it, it's not the good stuff like Bigfoot, UFOs, and who killed JFK. It's the shit that's coming out of Canada, Richard. Yes. Um, I mean, if you had to, well, let's see, you've, you've been Canadian born and raised, lived through everything you've lived through in Canada for nearly six decades. Is this the worst that you've ever seen it in Canada? Um, well, the, the easy answer is yes. But then again, we're also, I think we're all finely tuned to what's happening now. You know, when you're 20 and 30, uh, it's all about, I don't know, meeting someone at the shooter bar. It's, you're not focused on this stuff. Suddenly, you know, you have kids, you have responsibilities, uh, and now it's not about you anymore. So, uh, I'm, 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 uh, in tune and, and acutely aware of everything that's going on that, that could potentially, you know, cause my children and my future grandchildren, um, some issues in, in the future. But yeah, I would say definitely I've never seen, um, such apathy on the part of the Canadian public. It's very discouraging when I see, you know, whatever you want to make of, of the polls. Um, when we see, you know, the majority of Canadians in support of the Emergencies Act or in or against the truckers, uh, or you see these polls put up by CTV. Do you think that Canadians who compare COVID to the flu should be imprisoned? Yes, absolutely. I mean, these are the kind of results. It's very discouraging, but we can't give way to despair. I mean, we have to, we have to, I guess, change hearts and minds uh, on the one hand. Although um, in the show, I'm not so concerned about, you know, I'm not going to be polite and 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 uh, and try and be gentle uh, with these folks. What's that old saying? It's not about waking up the sheep. It's about gathering the lions. And that's what I'm trying to do. Four to six. Gather the lions. I've never heard that expression before, and I'm never going to forget it again. Um, so, how long have you been doing Saga uh, Radio for? Tomorrow will be my second anniversary. Okay. Um, when let's i'm going to go topic by topic and you'll tell me if you're more or less comfortable talking about some than others when trudeau was elected i was politically uh um unconscious i was politically unaware i you know i remember people saying he's going to he's going to destroy canada like his father destroyed canada um can you contextualize that for people who might not appreciate why they said it about pierre elliott i don't know if you if you have conscious memories back then i presume you do i do um, yes so, first of all, was Pierre as bad for Canada as people say he was in retrospect? And if so, why? Because I've heard it. I was not alive for it or not conscious for it. And I'm, in, in hindsight, now starting to appreciate it. But what can you explain for those who don't understand how and why Pierre might have been as bad as he was for Canada? Well, he, he was an avowed socialist or worse. Um, but I think many people at the time, and I was four years old when he was when he first came to power in 1968. Uh, but I have vague memories in the early 70s. My eldest sister, uh, who was in high school at the time, very excited because Trudeau was going to land in a helicopter on the high school grounds, and it was. I remember it. It was. It was. I would liken it to almost like a Beatlemania. People got swept away by the charm, and there's no question. Pierre Elliott Trudeau had charm. He had a swagger. He had a bit of an FU attitude uh, with the media, uh, which I think now we, we appreciate that in, in, in other politicians like Trump. So he had a little bit of Trump in him. Um, and he was erudite. He was, he was a world traveler. Um, and he wore it well. Uh, there was nothing, you know, you didn't look at Trudeau and say, 
he doesn't wear this suit, the suit, or, he, you know, he's not wearing the suit, the suit's wearing him, or you didn't think of him as a poser. So I think he, I think, you know, a lot of people bought in because of that. And he did present like a statesman and he was respected, but, you know, looking back, he was, he was a socialist. You look at the national energy program and, and trying to nationalize uh, portions of the oil industry. And that, you know, really just added fuel to the fire in terms of Alberta separatism. They had other issues before that, but that was really where a lot of that started with the, uh, the national energy program um, and incurred, you know, his incursions into provincial jurisdictions. And, and then in the mid seventies, uh, wage and price controls, which were a disaster. Uh, go back to, you know, he was the, he invoked the war measures act in 1970 for, um, you know, the FLQ crisis. It was pretty localized uh, in, you know, in Quebec, they were blowing up mailboxes. And then of course they stepped it up and they, they uh, kidnapped the British um, the diplomat, uh, cross and uh, the the um, Quebec the the uh, labor minister and the deputy Laporte. premier of Quebec Laporte who ended up yeah. dying, but I mean the emergency act was uh, was abused and so they rewrote it and of course his it was his son who uh, reintroduced it and it was also abused. Um, but Trudeau had a great admiration for Mao Zedong, the greatest mass murderer in history. You know between forty and eighty million people. Uh, killed during the uh, the Great Leap Forward and the Cultural Revolution, either by starvation, mass execution. Trudeau genuinely had fondness for Mao Zedong and, and the other way around. In fact, communist Chinese wanted to donate can money to Canada to build a statue of Mao um, in, in Canada. And I think they wanted one of Trudeau as well. So, you know, the, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. When Trudeau died, and I remember watching, I was at CFRB at the time, watching the funeral, and Fidel Castro was there, and uh, Justin Trudeau, um, you know, this may be unkind, I really don't care at this point, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, delivering this eulogy, I knew right then, this is back in what, 2020, I knew right then that, I'm sorry, not to, uh, in 2000, uh, in, in the year 2000, I knew right then that, that he was a phony and a fraud and there wasn't, there wasn't an ounce of authenticity to this guy. Um, he was just playing the drama teacher again. Now, maybe that's not what it's in his, was in his heart, but that's the way he presented to me. I never thought, and I don't think Justin Trudeau has even a modicum of charm or wit. Um, maybe, you know, maybe some people think his hair is, is cool or whatever, but there's no there's no erudition, there's no worldliness. He's just a poser. He's an empty suit, and he's a narcissistic adolescent and a dangerous one at that. Hearing you describe this, it's it. Uh, I mean, I just quoted also Mark Twain: "History doesn't repeat, but it tends to rhyme." And you have his father, who has this. I mean, it's 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 like history repeating, but with a slight variation. And you and now we've discovered these revelations about China. They're calling it the Beijing Party, Richard. Like we've we've gone we've gone so far on the off the political correctness spectrum that calling something Chinese is now deemed to be an insult, according to the liberals, the non-racist liberals. Um, it's like we're hearing the same thing just described um, under different circumstances. W was Pierre at the time? Do you, do you recall? Was he a known um, philanderer, or was was Mar uh, Margaret a known? No, Margaret's not his. Uh, that's his sister. What, what was his mother's name? Margaret. Margaret Trudeau. Margaret. Was, were they? Was it? Were they known? Were they like the JFKs of the um, of Canadian politics? Yeah, I think I. In fact, I think I probably heard them referred to once as Canada's Camelot. Uh, yeah, they were, um, and they loved it. Um, I seem to recall at the time. That, yeah, there were there were a lot of rumors about um, um, Margaret Trudeau and Mick Jagger hanging out at. Um, uh, was the big club club in New York uh, City? Um, Fifty Club Fifty Four was it? Oh, stu uh, I can only Studio Fifty Four. Studio Fifty Four. I only know that from a movie. I, 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 I didn't even go out when I was younger. But <laughs> Studio Fifty Four. That's right. Uh, Dalliances with Mick Jagger. Um, don't know if it's true or not. But ke also keep in mind, um, Trudeau was almost fifty um, when he began dating Margaret, and she was just barely out of her. I think she might have been nineteen or twenty. Um, I mean. People can say, oh, times were different then. Really? Uh, no. I mean, I think the same standards apply. I mean, this guy was a bit of a, a, a predator, I think. And she had her struggles with mental health. Um, so uh, and now did Trudeau have his dalliances? I, I don't know. I, 
I'm not sure. I think there was a rumor about him and Leona Boyd, the the female, the guitarist, uh, classical guitarist, Leona Boyd. I, I can't say for sure that that's true, but I, I remember hearing rumors. Um, yeah, that's that's what I remember anyway. And uh, were there any rumors at the time or before the advent of the internet where people joked that Justin Trudeau was actually Fidel Castro's <laughs> natural son? I mean, was it, is that an old joke or is that a, a new one just because we could compare photos? Of um, it, it, I don't remember exactly when it started. It may have started around the time of Trudeau's funeral, Pierre's funeral, because that was kind of Justin's coming out party and he knew it, Right. When he was delivering that eulogy, you could just see, this is my moment. Uh, and Fidel Castro was there and they embraced. So the, the room, who knows, maybe the rumor started then. Wow. Um, and now you've been in radio for a long time. You've been in, um, I think, covering stories for a long time. This is one subject that I'm almost reluctant to talk about because I, I can't find any meaningful corroboration that I know of. But the, the rumor of um, Justin Trudeau being... Uh, removed or you know having signed an nda with uh, at the high school where he used to teach because of alleged improper conduct with the students ha have have you heard any meaningful um sources discuss that that you're aware of um no just probably all the just what you've heard that there was an nda uh there have been photographs of a, a younger justin trudeau with a young female student who is allegedly the uh, the young woman involved um and but his departure from the academy this private academy in in british columbia did seem to be kind of um abrupt seemed to come out of nowhere i remember actually he was in toronto appearing at um i used to work at am 740 in in toronto which was another uh, station i did a, a you know conspiracies and ufos and it was owned by or is owned by moses nimer a, a real uh, you know media pioneer in this country started city tv in toronto uh and uh, he would host what's kind of a um i think of i think of it as kind of a ted talks north but it's called idea city and um just i don't know what year it was but it was just before he left that school um he was invited to speak at um uh, idea city and he was talking about how he loved his students and again it just seemed so disingenuous and over the top and in this drama, the way he was talking, uh, and how he hated to, to be torn away from his students and his school, but he had to, you know, he had to accept this invitation to come and speak, but my heart's not here. It's back in mm -hmm. Vancouver or whatever with my students. Uh, so it, it's a mystery. I don't know if we'll ever get to, to the bottom of it, but, um, I think there might be a Pulitzer Prize while well, we don't have that in Canada. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to show one article because this is the one that people tend to show and rely on from the yeah. Buffalo Chronicle. This <clears throat> is not real. This is fake or I don't know if it was intended to be satire or just disinformation. The Buffalo Chronicle, despite its official name, this is not this has not been substantiated. And this Buffalo Chronicle is known fake news. So this is yep. what people mistakenly share thinking it's been confirmed somewhere but people who lived through this at the time all had the same recollection that something fishy something was you know something smelled fishy something was uh, running afoul but um that's it it's uh, uh, unless i know unless someone knows that I, there, it hasn't been no, I, I can't i can't add anything to that it, it just um as you say it's a it's a rumor it's an allegation i've not seen anything uh, as you say the buffalo chronicle is um I mean, I don't think it's an actual. No, I think it's it's it not a newspaper. Nearly online, it doesn't have. It's not a brick and mortar type. Uh, no, plant. and there was another one. There's another one called the Beaver, the something Beaver, which is also just fake news, and people share because it, it looks legit, and then they it's. Yeah, but um, I mean, there's so many other you know issues with with um, I call them socks or I call them Canada's Mad King Ludwig. Uh, I mean, the, explain the Ludwig, the socks we all get, but what's up with the Ludwig? Mad King Ludwig of Bavaria. He ruled uh, as, in Bavaria mid 1800s and um, was very eccentric. He was very popular with the ladies, um, but he didn't really care about governing. He just liked all the trappings of governing. So he went around. He had a, a, a maniacal addiction to throwing money around and spending money and building um castles uh if you've seen the uh the, the 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 sleeping beauty castle which is in the opening of you know the wonderful world of disney and and uh you know magic kingdom that's based on 
Mad King Ludwig's castle in Bavaria. And uh, it got to the point where he practically w- was bankrupting the country. So his ministers and advisors said, you know, he's going to bring us all down. So they had him declared insane. And then they deposed him. Uh, and then 24 hours later, he was found, you know, face down in a moat or in a in a, a lake, whether he was pushed or whether he committed suicide. And I'm, I'm not suggesting I want that to happen to Trudeau. But uh, this, you know, this the, the way that he this cavalier attitude he has towards the, you know, the the, the, the people that he's supposed to serve. Um, I was just talking to the, the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. April 1st, we've got all of these major new taxes coming in, like the alcohol escalator tax, where the price of booze goes up every year. It's tied to the price of inflation. So we're going to pay 6.3% more for wine and beer and so forth. Shut up. And it happens, and they, they put this in the budget in 2017, so it's automatic. We don't get to vote on it. Uh, or the MPs don't get to vote, vote on it. And of course, then we're going to, he's going to increase the carbon tax on a liter of gas and home heating fuel. And they did it on April the 1st, like April Fool's Day. Like he's sticking his middle finger at us. He's, he's rubbing our, our faces in it. And their fourth MPs, fourth pay raise, fourth since COVID started, also kicks in on the same day, April the 1st. So he is, he's, it's like they're trying to incite us or something. Um, yeah, he's just he's he's a crazy person. Richard, I, I I I share that belief. I believe that Trudeau is deliberately trying to needle when he comes out and says that he supports the right to protest of people in China, or uh, it was India, but then there was another incident. It's it's not gaslighting. It's deliberate antagonism in the hopes that someone lashes out because people are at their not just their wits end; they're at every end of 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 their existence. When Trudeau was um, elected, 2015, mm-hmm. were there any were there any rumorings about China infiltration or China influence back in 2015? Because like I, going back to my childhood now, I remember my father for a long time now, and it feels like it was almost pre 2000. But if it wasn't, it's pretty darn close. Talking about China's ever expanding influence and and them at some point, you know, gonna surpass the West. And now we're you know that's geopolitically, but politically. We're now learning that there has been alleged Chinese influence, and I'm not saying Beijing Party influence because I'm not an idiot, Chinese uh, Communist Party in, in, infiltration influence. Going back to his original 2015 election, was anybody talking about it at the time? He was talking about it. He, uh, what I, It was during that campaign in 2015 where he said publicly at an event uh, that he had a, an admiration for China's basic dictatorship. And he he repeated it at least on one other occasion, maybe others, but that goes back to 2015. I think a lot of people stood up and take notice at took notice at that. What are you saying? You admire China's dictatorship? Uh, I mean, but we knew that because because of his father, also because uh, you know he's he's also you know praised Fidel Castro and he those crocodile tears again uh, when Castro died and he had nothing but good things to say about you know another. A tyrant and a murderer. So um, I, I don't know that too many people were necessarily shocked um, when um, when these allegations, you know, came forward about the 2019 and the 2021 uh, election. We're going to get a public inquiry now. I don't that seems certain because the opposition parties are all going to vote in, in favor of it. I don't know another whitewash. I fear who is he going to appoint uh, as a commissioner? Hey, Morris who, Rosenberg. No, let's let, well get, explain Rosenberg joke in a second. I, my joke is he'll 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 hire Rouleau. He did a very good job for the trucker convoy. Um, explain the Rosenberg connection for those who may not know. So there's a Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation. So it's like the it's like the Clinton Foundation, but you know not quite as uh, impressive. And I don't think they have a death list attached to it yet. <laughs> That's another story. Um, but the um, so the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation. Uh, Prior to 2015, I think it was bringing in maybe fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, and I don't know exactly what they do with the money. Uh, they may be doing some fine charitable works. Who knows? Maybe it's being funneled somewhere else. Maybe there's some shenanigans. Um, all of a sudden, in 2015, the um, the donations really started to pick up, and foreign money was coming in. In fact, uh, the Communist Chinese donated two hundred thousand dollars. To the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation, and who was in charge of the foundation uh, at the time? None other than 
Morris Rosenberg, who is, um, you know, he's a he's a uh, one of the top bureaucrats. He's been he's worked on both sides for the conservatives and the liberals. I think he worked with Harper as an advisor. Um, and um, now he's so he's running the, the Trudeau Foundation. And then it came to light, thanks to the CSIS whistleblower, that a Chinese billionaire by the name of uh, Ben, uh, I believe it's Ben Zhang, donated a, a million dollars to the Trudeau Foundation at the behest of a uh, Chinese diplomat in Canada, who is obviously a CCP official, with the promise that they would pay Zhang back the million dollars. So indirectly, the, the Communist Party of China donated a million dollars to the Trudeau Foundation while Morris Rosenberg is in charge. Rosenberg was also appointed to run this task force to look into allegations that uh, our, our elections had been meddled with by the communist Chinese. So he's running the foundation while this communist Chinese money is coming in. Now he's being asked uh, to uh, certify our elections as being, uh, you know, um, integral, I guess. And of course, lo and behold, his report came out. Nothing to see here, folks. It's when Richard, this is like antagonism level in your face. I'm going to appoint the guy who's been the head of the foundation taking money. Um, and when people want to talk about dark money and how they go about doing it, um, promising or coercing people to make donations saying you'll repay them, that is the definition of dark money when it, when it comes dark money or just, you know, fraud. Um, does this this does tie into what we were hearing about those Chinese police stations in in the greater Toronto area uh, where they were uh, allegedly helping Chinese Canadians, but some people were saying that these stations were set up to actually survey surveil Chinese Canadians or Chinese immigrants in Canada to coerce them to do the bidding of the CCP while they're in Canada. Can you uh, clarify that for us? I don't think there's any question that they were they were here to uh, keep tabs on you know with Chinese citizenship um, and you know God love the the the, um, the Chinese uh, people that flee communist China they come here they're uh, you know and set up businesses and raise families and and they are being I mean they're the victims in this meddling they're the ones that are being coerced they're the ones that are being threatened they're the ones you know and they have in many cases family back in 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 China. Um, you know, there's a there was a restaurant in Vancouver. Uh, it's a chain of um, uh, restaurants, Chinese restaurant, and it has ties to the CCP. And they have video cameras in the restaurant pointed at all the tables. And so the the suggestion here is, and I think it's a pretty valid one, is that this is an extension of their social credit system, where I mean, you're surveilled and monitored everywhere you go in China. Well, they're keeping tabs on Canadian. Chinese uh, people here, and and part of the Chinese citizenship is you you never you're always considered a Chinese citizen, and you are expected as a Chinese uh, citizen even when you're abroad uh, to serve the party. So I'm not saying that the, that that people come here and are willingly doing that, but uh, you know if you have a grandparents back in China. Uh, and you get a visit from a, a, a Chinese policeman who's, you know, running a, a shop out of a strip mall somewhere in, in, I don't know, Surrey, BC, and they haul you in and they start, you know, maybe they show you pictures of your grandparents. You're going to, you're going to march to their tune. I mean, it's, it's so insidious and it's, it's like, um, I don't know, it, it seems like a, a Hollywood movie, except it's really happening. I just can't imagine the, the, I mean, it's an actual anguish that you have Chinese citizens who flee communist China to come here and then see the Canadian government destroy, you know, the land of the free, um, actively, if they're not actively collaborating with the CCP, they are passively, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not endorsing, they're passively, tacitly accepting and, and promoting their behavior and allowing the, the, the further tyranny of these Chinese citizens who come to Canada looking for a better life. And then they got to hear... Justin Trudeau admire the basic dictatorship of China and allow for this type of surveillance to occur here. Robert and I talked about those alleged stations because there there are some in the states as well um, that they are nothing more than means through which to identify, coerce, threaten Chinese Canadians or Canadian Chinese citizens to continue to do the bidding for the CCP over here. The, the the million dollar donation. Uh, the the latest news is that uh, the Trudeau Foundation is going to reimburse that two hundred thousand dollar donation from twenty fifteen. Um, Handong, 
He's an he's a a, a a liberal MP who seems to be at the eye of the storm at <clears> least <throat> now. Can you can you shed some light on that for uh, the Canadians who may not know exactly who that is? Okay, so he's uh, the MP for a riding in Toronto called Don Valley North, and uh, in 2019 he was vying for the nomination for the Liberals. And this ceaseless whistleblower that came forward to Robert Fife of the Golden Mail, one of the the uh, claims was that um, they ceaseless realized that the CCP uh, was threatening students, for example, that they would they would um, revoke their uh, get their student visas revoked mm -hmm. if they didn't show up on mass and and vote for Andong at this nomination. And then they were also bussing in seniors, um, many of whom uh, apparently had his Handong's name written in ink on their arm because they didn't know why they were there, or maybe even in some cases who, where they were, or what they were doing. They would just, you know, vote for Handong. So, um, and and Ceases um, allegedly told uh, Trudeau's advisors, "You must uh, stop this nomination. This is you can't allow this person." He has close ties to the CPC, uh, CCP, allegedly. I have to say allegedly, allegedly. Um, so he got in. But there's another interesting case that we're not really talking about, and that is um, – this was brought to my attention by Wyatt Claypool, who's a young writer with the National Telegraph, and he's um, he was uh, elected as a liberal MP, Paul Young. I think it's Spadina, Fort York. And um, he is – probably in the wrong party. He's sitting as an independent. The liberals turfed him out after the 2021 um, election because uh, there were these uh, these accusations of sexual assault, which were later thrown out by the Crown, Crown prosecutor. They had zero substance, but it, they did the trick. The story was floated by the Toronto Star. Uh, he was shamed. The liberals said, well, we can't have this. So after the 2021 election, they kicked him out of the liberal caucus. He's sitting as an independent. Um, but he is very anti-communist. He comes from South Vietnam. Um, his parents emigrated from Vietnam. They escaped communism. So he's vehemently uh, opposed to communism. And so, I mean, is that another indication of, you know, oh, we can't have this guy in the liberal caucus. He's anti-communist. He's anti-Chinese. So was this, you know, were these sexual allegations trumped up and, and um, you know, funneled through the Toronto Star in order to, you know, to get him out of the way. So, you know, it's more than just bussing seniors into nomination meetings. There's some other dirty tricks happening here too, I I suspect. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll predict one thing right now. It was probably a false accusation and it's probably something that Trudeau himself has done or alleged to have done because you, uh, you only accuse your adversaries of things that are going on in your own head. Um, do, we don't know who the CSIS whistleblower is. I, I, they haven't been identified yet, correct? No, it, have, it would have to be someone fairly high up in order to have access to that kind of information, I would think. And, and can you appreciate the what must be the absolute severity of the um, demoralizing state of the CSIS now that they've, I guess they saw what happened with the uh, commission or the commissioner, and they're probably not too happy about that either because I don't think they were happy that Trudeau did what they told them not to do. The level of despair that has to uh, uh, encourage a, a CSIS, that's the Canadian Security Intelligence something. Or service. Service. Um, that they, that it, it compels someone to leak this stuff to the to the media? Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to why they felt they needed to leak it because, I mean, there is in the, in the Security Act, I think there is a provision that has to do with the public interest. And if something is in the public interest, CSIS is, is supposed to be allowed to disclose it. Uh, certainly, this is in the public interest. So, uh, but this, you're, you're right. I mean, it must be demoralizing. It reminds me of what's going on with the, the weaponization of the Department of Justice down in the United States. And we have FBI whistleblowers now reaching out to uh, Jim Jordan, who's chairing one of the, the House committees. I think it's on, I think the committee is actually dealing with the weaponization of government. So um, we have the same thing up here. And um, I don't know, I can't prove anything, but I wonder if uh, Brenda Lucky. Um, the RCMP commissioner, who has just been a disaster from from day one, her stepping down suddenly, whether that had anything to do with all of this, I have no idea. It's, it's just I haven't even connected those dots sufficiently, but it, I think the timing is interesting and should be looked into. Uh, it, it is curious that CSIS doesn't have its own. I mean, I, one would think they have their own means to bring charges. I mean, or 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 or, or yeah, I'd say bring charges is probably not the right word, but to raise the issue 
of their own volition because that's what they're there for. But then you have you have Trudeau come out and what did he say? He said it was suggested it's almost borderline racist to accuse uh, Han Dong of, of anything because he's Chinese and these types of accusations are only going to further anti-Chinese sentiment and also suggested that CSIS has no role to play in a democracy. And it's not because CSIS says you've got a Chinese agent that just got illegally elected that I'm going to listen to what CSIS has to say. Um, how do you see this ending? Because now it, they might lose the coalition with the NDP. If there's an inquiry called, is that not an automatic sort of vote of no confidence? Uh, um, good question. Um, because uh, the, non- the non-confidence votes have to be tied to, I think, kind of an expenditure, a money bill. So I don't like a budget, for example. So I don't know necessarily that this would be a non-confidence vote. It would be great if it, if it were. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP, um, He's got he's got to hang in there for two more years in order to qualify for his pension. There are people who have floated that around. So that that is that is an actual fact that he's got to be in federal government for, I think, what is it, six years of service in order to be guaranteed a pension when he's 60 some odd. Right. Otherwise, he can't afford those nice watches. Um, So that's going to be very interesting to watch whether he's going to. uh, I mean, I, I have to believe at this point, because it was an NDP MP who raised the motion in a, in a parliamentary committee asking the government or demanding the government um, establish a public inquiry. It came from the NDP. I have to believe that there are enough um, people of uh, good judgment and, um, and, and, and decent character within the NDP, maybe even within the liberal party uh, that if, if um they don't go with this. The NDP doesn't go with this. There's going to be a, a caucus revolt, maybe in both parties. But here's the thing. I think they have the votes to get a public inquiry. The question is, will they be able to um, get a commissioner that's not you know, another liberal judge, a liberal appointee, a liberal fundraiser like Justice Rouleau? Uh, and even if we do get a public inquiry, are we going to get any information? Uh, uh, Jody Thompson, the national security advisor in that same committee I just mentioned, basically told them, listen, a public inquiry isn't necessarily going to get you any answers. It's not going to have any more power than this committee does. We can basically just say we can't disclose that information. It's, uh, it's a national security issue. Um, yeah. It's, um, Richard, how demoralized were you when you uh, read or read the headlines of Commissioner Hulot's a determination on the invocation. Initially, I, it was a bit of a gut punch, but then I realized, you know, he also said, "I, you know, I, I do this with what were the words he said? A heavy heart or something, uh, something like that, and basically begrudgingly. In other words, okay, yes, by the letter of the law, I suppose they were justified, but it was a, a, a you know, a failure of federalism." Um, uh, a friend of mine, a regular contributor on the program, Tom Korsky from Blacklock's Reporter, made a great point, and that is, okay, yes. Um, you know, Trudeau may appear to feel vindicated, but it's it's what more importantly, what came out of the inquiry were all of those documents, uh, you know, emails uh, that were subpoenaed and so forth from um, the attorney general's office and so forth. All of those are going to end up in court. So now they're, the, the documents are out there. They're open. They're available uh, for all these court cases. So, you know, something hopefully will, will, will come from that. Yeah. It didn't go exactly our way. We would love to have seen uh Rulo, um, you know, cuff Trudeau on the, over the back and the back of the head. It didn't work out that way, but I would, uh, I would have taken a, a soft ruler to the top of the hand, per, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. I was, I was flabbergasted because I didn't yeah. think this was in the realm of possibility of full exoneration. And b- by the way, black locks reporter is not to be confused or confounded with black rock. So they are a legitimate, um, legitimate journalists who are covering a lot of important stuff in Canada. Black Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll share that link afterwards. Um, uh, what was the latest, the other scan? Oh, sorry. Well, I guess um, that might do it for the Chinese infiltration. Sorry. Chinese communist party infiltration into Canadian politics. And I know you've got to go somewhere in five and a half minutes. Um, the latest scandals that you see now, the arresting of, of um, the pastor uh, Rainer out of Alberta. Have you been following that? A little bit, yeah. Um, he tried to get into a. Um, it was billed as a family-friendly, uh, all-ages drag show, and um, <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's a contradiction in terms, people. Not, not, not to be not to be a bigot uh, there. 
Well, I mean, I see these videos on social media almost daily now where these and these these parents who post these videos proudly that they have their two year old as with some, you know, man wearing a wig and a G string gyrating and thrusting his posterior in the direction of uh, toddlers. And they think somehow that they're, you know, progressive and and uh, and wonderful. This is child abuse. I mean, these parents should be hauled off to jail as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I, I made a promise when I went on to, to, to Saga 960. I was going to talk about this. It's one of my key issues, this, you know, uh, this radical gender ideology that is just complete madness. Thankfully, much of the world now is waking up to and banning this child-affirming care. Like there's 24 states in the U.S. that either have or will be banning it. It'll be, you know, it'll get a, a fight in the courts, no doubt. Canada, I guarantee you, will be among the last countries to do something about this because it's so infuriating. We are so behind the curve in so many ways. Um, you know, I call it the land that time forgot. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy what's going on. You, you call it behind the curve. I'll call it ahead of the moral depravity curve. I, I think Canada will not be the last one to outlaw it. I think they're going to be one of the, the first ones to ratify it and say it's it's impermissible for a doctor not to I, I as far as i'm concerned it's genital mutilation it uh, is you know, it's a double mastectomy yeah a, a double mastectomy on a 15 year old girl like chloe chloe cole is genital mutilation because female breasts whether or not people like this are genitals in the sense that they're used in, in for reproductive purposes um and and i i interviewed um tulip r slash richie who had a neo-vagina constructed. He was an adult suffering from mental illness when they when they did the surgery. It's genital mutilation. And when it's done on children, it's child genital mutilation. I, I think Canada and Trudeau will ratify it and and, and you know, in the name of uh, of progressivism, um do, do, you don't have any advanced notice or uh, any knowledge of the the current numbers in 2022 for medical assistance in dying, euthanasia, mercy killings in Canada? Do, do you have the, you don't know, have any idea what that number is going to look like? Well, at this, I've looked at some trajectories and at this rate, within five years, it could be the number one cause of death. Seriously. I mean, and, and now of course they want to expand it to include minors. Um, without, without, and they were discussing without parental consent. If, yes. yes. Now, you know, the word that the term Hitlerian gets thrown around all the time too much, but this truly is Hitlerian um, and extending it to, they're already injecting mentally ill people. There was a, there was a, um, a, a woman uh, who was bragging about it, how, and she's an abortionist, how she took a, um, someone suffering from mental health issues who didn't qualify under their own, you know, made guidelines. So she said, that doctor won't do it. I'll do it. She flew him at her own cost to her abortion clinic in Vancouver. And she, she euthanized this poor soul in an abortion clinic. And she was laughing about it. Uh, Richard, I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong on the predictions. And, and we'll, I mean, it should at least, it probably will have doubled from 2021 to 2022 and we'll see. And, and that's probably still an underestimate because I, I do question whether or not they're even keeping accurate tabs. And for anyone who thinks like the leading cause of death is hyperbole, 3.2% of all death in Canada caused by maids. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'll, I will comment and, and, and analogize to Hitlerian policies. Hitler's regime called it mercy killings and they administered it to the mentally ill and the handicapped as a mercy killing. They call it maids under Trudeau's regime and they want to extend it to the mentally ill people who cannot consent by law. It's medical homicide is what it is, pure and simple, medical homicide. Richard, I, I, don't, I, I would love to keep you past an hour, but do, do you have a hard out in a minute and a half? Uh, I do, I'm just getting the, uh, the Zoom meeting reminder in I, four I, minutes. But I heard it, the whoop. I will come back anytime you want, uh, uh, David. It's such Please. a pleasure and an honor to be invited. Thank you. No, because like I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I. It took me a while to fully appreciate. Uh, you are a brain like, like my counterpart here in the states, a Canadian Barnes, in terms of your, the level of your knowledge. Um, can people listen to Saga Talk Radio digitally, or do they have to have a radio and be in the area? Oh no, they can stream it at uh, Saga nine sixty AM dot CA, and Saga is spelled S A U G A, as in Mrs. Saga, it's short for Mrs. Saga, S-A-U-G-A, saga960am.ca. And then also if they go to therichardserrettshow.com, 
they can listen to every single episode going back to March 2021 on the listen page, therichardsarachow.com. Amazing. And I'm just going to bring this up before you go. Q Fragger says, I'll be listening starting tomorrow. Will Saga 960 reach Allison? Thanks, Viva. Richard, send me, send, well, I'll look at the links, but if you could flip them to me, it'll make it easier. And I'm going to put them in the pinned comments on Rumble and on YouTube. And yes, let's let's make this a thing because I love talking to you. Thank you for having me on your channel and thank you for coming on mine. Let's talk about, we shall not rejoice, but we shall console one another um, in hopefully what will we'll avoid being the downfall of Canada. But Richard, Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. All the best, buddy. Thank All you. All right. Have a good night.